the other piece around cadence meetings that I think is really interesting is it allows you to it's like test the waters a little bit if you have a new idea. Hey, welcome to the Hyper Engage podcast. It's a weekly interview-style podcast series where we will pick the brains of some of the best customer success leaders across the globe and try to unearth customer engagement beyond onboarding, expansion, and churn. So let's get right in. Hey, everybody. This is Adil. I'm your host. I'm joined with the co-host, Muhammad Sharukh. Today, we have Emily Garza from Proton.ai. She's a VP of Customer Success uh, at Proton. And prior to that, she's been uh, uh, mentoring softwares like Catalyst, like a SaaS platform for customer success uh, managers. Uh, prior to that, she has worked for pretty long, like more than six years at uh, Fastly, which is a which is a public company now and she's worked there from sales enablement to uh, leading role in the in the customer success she ended up as a vp of customer success uh, building uh, you know the team from the ground up so i think we're gonna have a lot to learn uh, from this episode from emily garza and we'll dive in deep into uh, you know into looking into that how customer success managers and customer success operations can be aligned towards uh, customer goals and how your team members can have uh, a complete visibility into uh, their customer goals and uh, their ambitions uh, for any product or service. So let's jump right in. Uh, I'll just push this towards Muhammad Sharuk. He's going to introduce himself and we will start and talking drilled in, drill down to even to uh, these questions. Thank you. So my name is Emily Garza. I'm the VP of Customer Success at Proton.ai. And Proton is a sales enablement and CRM tool for the wholesale distributor market. Um, and I have a background in sales, sales enablement, account management, and customer success. Awesome. Um, yeah, when we were doing your research, and first of all, thank you for, for um, letting us know a bit about yourself. And when, when we were doing a bit of research, we did see that you currently joined, uh, just recently joined VP, uh, Proton as the VP of Customer Success. And in your past life, you served as a board member for the University of California's, uh, University of San Francisco's uh, Customer Success uh, program, the MS program. And also you spent lots and lots of years uh, at companies like Fastly and AT&T. So uh, yeah, uh, that's, that's awesome. What we would do is we would just briefly introduce ourselves because we just want to make sure that we try and pick your brain as much as we can uh, because we have a, a, a series of questions. I'll just briefly go ahead and share a bit about myself. My name is Mohammed Sharukh. I have been in the customer success slash account management space for close to a decade. Mm -hmm. uh, my most recent assignment was with Keep Trucking. You must have heard about them. They're I in have. Bay I know John. Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, by the way, you mentioned John. Uh, he actually is my mentor. Oh, Him and nice. I Yep, him and I built a team uh, based out of Pakistan, um, and we're still connected, even though I'm not with Keep Trucking anymore. But uh, yeah, we, we do spend uh, a lot of time still uh, talking about what we love the most. Uh, That's very cool. So uh, yep, I've spent time there currently. I'm serving as um, head of growth uh, for a company called Turnitin. They're also based out of Auckland. Um, so have their uh, they have their presence here in Pakistan. Is that um, um, like 
uh, when students turn in papers to like for the Absolutely. plagiarism? Okay. Yep. yep. Nice. Yep. The de facto plagiarism detection software, the best one in the world. Um, <laughs> so we have a bit of a market here in Pakistan um, <laughs> and, and, and we're supporting customers here. So um, that's really, that's really it. All right, uh, Emily, we did try our best to go through your profile and okay. make sure that we come up with the best questions because you've been in a lot of different podcasts. This is uh, our second episode. We're still oh, cool. learning the game uh, of how to pick people's brain uh, and depending on where they have been in their professional journey. So I see that you have spent lots and lots of years in leadership capacity. So we'll try to align our questions uh, so that um, they're the most relevant. Uh, but again, yeah, my very first question that I ask all my guests, what led you to customer success and, and why customer success? So why customer success? Um, so having been on kind of both sides of, of the fence now from you know the, the sales piece uh, earlier on in my career, now customer success, I think the biggest piece is getting to work with existing customers and really maintaining that relationship. Uh, one of the things that I always felt sad about in sales was that I had to to hand off that relationship that I had spent so much time building. And I didn't then get to see the ongoing success uh, once they implemented the tool or product. So I think being able to, to see the customers that you're working with kind of grow and engage and um, see them achieving their goals and also helping to push the product forward. Some of the best relationships that I've had with our customers are the ones who are pushing the envelope a little and make our company better because they're bringing new ideas and use cases. Um, and that's a really fun to see when you can find kind of that symbiotic relationship. Yep. Love that. Um, and there are so many things to resonate, um, with, with what you've just mentioned. Um, and, um, I would maybe just drag that question just a bit more, uh, personally, um, why do you think customer success is something that you really enjoy doing? Is it, is it something that comes naturally to you? Or um, I'd love to know, um, Emily, in the space of customer success um, as a person. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think it's interesting because you know, if I take a um, one of the personality tests, I tend to be at least slightly more introverted than I am extroverted. Um, which doesn't always like scream out at you of, oh, you should be customer facing, right? Um, but it's something that I've always kind of been drawn to because I don't feel, or I guess I do feel like in customer success, you're able to build that longer term relationship. So, and I think that's part of why I got out of sales that it was a little bit too kind of short-lived um, and really pushed a little bit more on the extroverted side. But I feel like being in customer success, I can build what seems like a more authentic relationship, um, really get to understand the customers and their goals. Uh, and that energizes me when I see their success. Um, and then I think from a, you know, team perspective, seeing like as a, as a leader, seeing, you know, individuals and team success as well as um, super energizing, that's more in general versus customer success. Um, but I think the other thing that makes me really excited about customer success is just how big of a role it can play in an organization. Um, so I went to undergrad for business. I got my MBA um, and I'm you know, not a whiz in all departments uh, by any means, but I really enjoy seeing 
kind of how all the decisions interact with various uh, parts of the business. And you know, I think if customer success is done right in a company, you really have the opportunity to have a voice that drives the entire organization forward, not just the customer success function. Um, and I think that, that that's really cool. You're working with you know, existing customers, you're you know, bringing then ideas to the product team, uh, how you engage and grow your existing customers impacts the finance organization. Uh, you're leveraging these good uh, use cases and customer references for your marketing organization. So it touches a lot of pieces. And uh, if you can do it right, then you're able to drive your entire business forward, which I think is really exciting. 100%. Yeah, um, totally. Again, and, and customer reference was, um, frankly speaking, was something so close to my heart. I remember having a conversation with John back in the days uh, where we talked about secondhand revenue. Uh, we actually happened to build a bit of a lightweight sort of a customer reference network mm. that we continue to supply our, to our sales organization. Uh, and I rem remember one of these trucking companies uh, had had this um, senior aged uh, team member, uh, his name was Steve. And he happened to be such a huge advocate for keep trucking on, on genuine grounds. Uh, and we, we definitely didn't send him any gift cards. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, he ended up helping uh, keep trucking um, have just a couple other customers based on the word that he put in for us. So that's that that word of mouth is just so powerful. Um, and, and sometimes yeah, it's more uh, believable, think... right? Like customers don't necessarily want to be sold to, but hearing you know someone, another company that they aspire to be, who's you know adopted your product or whatever, like that's so powerful. Totally. Um, and then that kind of leads me to uh, another question, um, since you must have been living and breathing this, this very, very closely. Um, eventually, it does boil down to people who lead all the strategy and, and, and lead it to execution. Uh, I'd love to know, um, you, you spent some time uh, with, with Catalyst as well, and I just love their memes, uh, what they post uh -huh. on LinkedIn. They're just so funny. Um, they, they hit the spot. Can, it's relatable. <laughs> totally. Um, I'd love to know, uh, as a leader, um, and, and, and I hear it in a lot of podcasts, uh, people talk about churn, people talk about renewals, expansion, which I believe are, are all great outcomes, but there's always a journey that leads to that outcome. And what we're trying to achieve in hyper-engage is to focus on that journey. Um, and, and, and there's tons of great collateral out there uh, when it comes to churn, revenue, um, expansion, renewals, all those strategies, they're, they're pretty good. We're trying to just focus on this, this one critical piece where CSMs are spending time that eventually leads to these goals. So my question to you is, uh, we do talk about generic touch points where people are where CSMs are meant to reach out to customers and then have that have that meaningful conversation throughout that journey. What, in your perspective as a leader, is something that's still missing um, that you think if your CSMs are equipped with that insight about their customers, their engagement would go 10x or 20x, something along those lines? Yeah, great question. Uh, so... I think it's, it's two pieces. Um, and I feel like we 
throw the idea around, but the execution part is what's really hard. Uh, so I think the first is really understanding what the customer, uh, what their goals are and their, so their goals and metrics and how they see success. So I think that's a huge breakdown um, that I see between the handoff um, from sales to customer success, because sales asks all these questions up front, right? They're trying to, um, you know, do discovery, qualify the customer. Um, and at some point, ideally, <laughs> this comes up in the conversation, right? Like, why are you buying our product? Um, how are you going to evaluate it? What's going to be successful? But a lot of times that either doesn't fully get translated down to the CSM um, as the handoff's happening, um, or maybe things have changed um, throughout you know, the sales cycle or maybe the customer's organization has changed, whatever else. Uh, so I think that there's a huge gap in understanding, you know, why did the customer actually buy the product and what are they expecting out of it? Um, because if you don't know that, it's really hard to then impact their business um, and make sure that they're actually getting what they thought out of it. And I think the second piece is around the idea of value. So uh, I think there are some organizations and I think it's becoming a few and a few and far between, I hope, um, but that are so structured and focused on, you know, maybe meeting counts or things like that, that we forget to take the step back and say like, why, why are we doing this? Why are we having this meeting? Um, and I think it, it comes across when you start to see, you know, customers who uh, get quiet or don't respond to you or stop showing up to meetings. It's because you're not showing value. And so it's not a good use of their time. And so figuring out, you know, what, what is important to them, really understanding, you know, what metrics do they run their business by and how does your product or tool influence that? Uh, being able to then speak in their language um, it makes it a lot easier for them to uh, be engaged and, and understand and tie the value of your solution to their overall business. And I think one example that I've just recently seen is also being able to understand the value conversation at different levels of the organization. So I think for the most part, CSMs tend to be really comfortable in having um, that conversation with like their day-to-day -day contact um, who may be um, an, an individual user or a manager, maybe even director level. But I think when you get up to the, the VP or the C level, that conversation has to change um, because you know, the, the C-level doesn't necessarily care about you know, the intricacies of your product, right? They want to know, like, does it work? What's the impact of the business? <laughs> um, and I think figuring out how to raise that conversation and, again, understand what's valuable insight and information at that level, um, that's where I think a lot of CSMs falter and then don't get kind of that visibility and face time at that higher level because they haven't figured out how to how to tell that story in a slightly different way. I think you've touched on such interesting points. Um, and then um, this was the kind of answer that I was expecting. <laughs> uh, what, I've, what I've noticed, um, and, and thank you so much because um, the, the way you put it in, 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 um, in different facets, I think it, it explains uh, way more than, than we just not generally hear on a lot of different um, uh, or, or see on a lot of different articles that, that people keep talking about. Um, and 
I, I think what's what's really, uh, in my opinion, what's extremely critical is that I think all us as as people in the world of CS, I think we have doubled down on just everything that's generic so much that we've kind of lost out on the fact that there is so much more to learn about your customers that really makes it makes you resonate with them. And especially when it comes to some, some very complex industries, construction management, uh, CS is still relatively very new there. Even technology itself is very new there. Uh, I think just, just reaching out to your customers and saying, hi, how are you doing? Uh, and then just talking about everything, your product, and then that makes you even sound more salesy, which you don't intend to, but um, I think you, you hit, hit the, uh, you know, hit the spot that knowing about their business, which is just more than generic things that we know, okay, your renewal is at this date, um, your, uh, we have now a new product, so you should be definitely testing it out. Um, all of that is all centered to ourselves. And rather, I think we need to just maybe start expanding our, our horizons and try and learn about our customers um, a little better um, because we can keep producing these fancy things. Eventually, um, they, they won't really end up anywhere. But yeah, uh, I think yeah. that was absolutely spot on uh, and I've actually taken a note for that as well. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of it goes back to the idea of curiosity. So when I look at um, competencies for you know account managers or customer success managers bringing on to my team, that's usually something that I'll focus on is, you know, can you ask questions? Do you feel comfortable asking questions? And it's the same as in your personal life, right? People want to talk about themselves. Um, and so how do you kind of enable that, but do it in a thoughtful way so that uh, you're getting information that, you know, will allow you to be, um, more in tune with their business and then be able to, to bring those recommendations, but bring the ones that fit, not just, Hey, we're rolling this out. So, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm being pushed to sell it. <laughs> totally. And I have a quote I do hit, um, that, yeah, would, exactly. that would be the last thing, um, <laughs> you want to share. Interesting. Love that. Um, uh, and maybe just, uh, couple of other minutes I'd love for you to to share on. Um, you, you agreed uh, that there are essentially there is a need for having more touch points uh, for, for CSMs to have really those have those meaningful conversations. Uh, can you think maybe a couple of them that come that, that come to you right now and then maybe you can share those with us. Uh, what would be those uh, those touch points that are not in the basic customer journey for most SaaS businesses um, that you think would be, um, if not game changing, but they would be very helpful to to not eventually have any customer uh, or most of the customers start ghosting on you. Uh, mm. So, yeah, if you could if you could briefly touch on that. Sure. So. I think, I, I don't know that I have a complete secret here, but I'll, I'll talk about one that I maybe think is under leveraged. I think people often talk about, you know, a QBR, an EBR, and those are important meetings and ideally a more strategic meeting, um, a little bit of kind of recap results looking, but mostly looking forward and uh, figuring out, you know, where's the customer trying to drive their business and uh, how does that kind of start to line up with where your organization's going. 
Uh, so I think people are pretty clear on the importance of that piece. I think the meeting that oftentimes doesn't get leveraged to its full capacity is like a cadence meeting. And it can look different depending on you know, how you segment your customers or even what customers are interested in doing, but having a more frequent cadence, right? Maybe it's weekly, maybe it's monthly, uh, but being able to have that meeting, uh, typically a more tactical meeting, uh, you might be meeting with your day-to-day -day stakeholders, maybe the manager level, um, but I think it, it gives you the opportunity to create that foundational relationship that's going to be so important to then drive some of those other actions or other meetings like a QBR. So if you think about leveraging a cadence meeting, so this is something that you know, you're doing with some regularity, again, like weekly, monthly, something like that. So it allows you to get consistent exposure to the customer, right? You stay top of mind. Um, it also allows for some relationship building, right? If you're only seeing a customer for an hour, once a quarter, it's really hard to get through like all the content that you have and want to talk to them about and build the relationship, right? Like building the relationship is not like, let's have everyone on the call, go introduce themselves. <laughs> uh, that, that's not going to build you kind of that deeper relationship, but seeing people consistently being able to, um, you know, kind of create that level of trust and everything else. That's how you start to build a relationship. Uh, I think it also allows you to get deeper insight kind of to the same idea of, you know, squishing everything into one one-time meeting. Uh, if you have this ongoing cadence meeting, you can bring, you know, two or three new questions every time. Hey, you mentioned this, like, tell me more about it. Let's dive deeper into that. Um, and it's not, you know, trying to get through everything in a, a 60 minute increment. It's uh, you can continue to build that knowledge uh, meeting over meeting. And then I think the other piece around cadence meetings that I think is really interesting is it allows you to like test the waters a little bit if you have a new idea. Um, so, you know, say that you've got a new product that's rolling out and, um, you know, if you've already now built some of that relationship, um, you can ask the question, especially if it's, um, you know, at that user kind of manager level and say, Hey, we're rolling this thing out. I'm, I'm not sure if it's a fit or, you know, let's talk about how this might fit into your organization. Um, you know, Hey, it, it touches, you know, X, Y, and Z inputs. Is that even something that would be interesting? And you could start to get that early feedback and build that case before you kind of go up within the organization to maybe the decision maker um, and get some early feedback on, you know, is it going to be a fit? What could be the potential impacts? Uh, which I think is really powerful because oftentimes when you're reaching out to a VP or a C-level, um, they don't want you to come and just kind of blankly pitch them. Um, they want to know that it's going to fit within their organization. You've already done your research. Um, and so being able to leverage uh, this relationship building and kind of this ongoing call allows you to do a little bit more of that so that you're really well prepared um, to be able to add value when you're in those other conversations. Uh, this is my key takeaway, Emily. And honestly, uh, I haven't heard people, um, I haven't actually heard anyone really talk about having emphasis on, on the cadence meeting and the way you explained it and for the reasons. Um, They're super insightful. Um, and one thing uh, that I can add to it was, um, I think as, as a leader for, for a CS team, you can keep having them you know build great stories for the ebr um and then unfortunately what i saw is 
was that most of the EBRs kept getting rescheduled mm. uh, for all the right reasons or the wrong. Uh, <laughs> can't comment on that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think th- the way you mentioned about uh, really strategically prepping for that cadence call and 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 using it for all all the reasons that you mentioned. Uh, this is something that um, I think we even didn't try, uh, honestly. So, uh, yeah, great key key takeaway for me uh, for this one um, as a leader, and this is something that I'm definitely go- going to advise my teams as well going forward. Lastly, I know we are almost up on time. This is our this is our magic question, and it definitely involves a magic wand. So, if you have <laughs> had a magic wand, what would you want your teams to be equipped with to be to be uh, to move from being better to best, it could be a tool, it could be anything. It's a broad question. I let you run with it, but you have the magic wand, so uh, you okay. can figure out. I've got the magic wand. Um, I think the biggest piece I would say is visibility into customer goals. Um, I think once you have that you can do a lot with it. You can start to build um, a strategy plan for how you want to interact and bring value to the account. You can uh, help influence your product um, because you know know, what the customer's end goal um, and kind of end vision is. Um, There's a lot of other things I would want to help support that. But if it was like, hey, you need one thing in order to be successful, I think it's really understanding what the the customer goals um, and success criteria is. Love that. Um, Visibility into customer goals is something that um, would make the whole, the entire difference. Mm -hmm. Perfect, got it. Uh, Emily, this was really it in terms of questions. Uh, We've learned so much and thank you for, for taking the time. I'll share something insightful with you because we still have two minutes. Um, Yeah. uh, generally, all, all, all the content about customer success that is being posted, and we by no means we want to be um, a podcast that's releasing a lot of content. I'll tell you the real reason um, um, as to uh, the kind of impact that we're trying to have. So we are actually from Pakistan, and you must have heard maybe from John, we have a big presence here uh, keep trucking. Sendoso's engineering team is based out of Pakistan. Actually, the engineers of Sendoso, uh, they're based out of a city called Lahore. Uh, they've built the entire product in and out. Um, and this side of the world is actually booming with talent uh, and it's at all times high. Uh, the country even got featured in, in Bloomberg a couple of months ago. Um, and one of the companies um, that I had a I'm grateful to to mentor was called Airlift. Uh, they raised 85 million and they're uh, one of the heaviest funded startups here in Pakistan. What I'm trying to say is that what you just, the time that you just spent with us, this is not only going for audience that has a lot of collateral already in North America for customer success. This is actually also going to uh, uh, maybe 30,000 or, or 300,000 young graduates in Pakistan who are aspiring to be CSMs or wanting to explore the customer facing roles. We've heard that um, uh, generally our English speaking capability is better in the region as compared to some other countries. Mm -hmm. So a lot of um, young folks are actually uh, uh, 
uh, are inspired to, to opt for these roles. So this, this great insight that you have shared from a leadership perspective, this is going to be so beneficial for a lot of folks uh, who are wanting to break through in the world of CS here in Pakistan. So uh, we just want to tell you that your impact is not for 30 people who are on LinkedIn or maybe 300 or maybe 3000. This might even go up to, um, um, uh, up to 300,000 people or even more. Uh, so yeah, just want to thank you and then share that impact that these 25 or 30 minutes uh, uh, that you've spent with us, this is what the outcome is going to be. That's really and cool also, and so exciting to that, you know, it's a, a growing industry and people are excited about it. Yeah, exactly. Totally. And also, uh, you know, we have 120 million people here in Pakistan and uh, more than 60% of them are under the age of 30. And our goal for the next three years is to get resources, get, you know, hunt talent from different backward cities, people that are hungry for, you know, to learn about, you know, customer uh, success, customer relationship, what it will have great experience. We are building out uh, some training institutes, trainings uh, for them. I have like a big team for my business as well. So I'm sitting in, in, in the National Incubation Center, a business center, uh, and it's a national university. So, uh, I mean, our goal is to make an impact and contribute towards uh, this society because we see this, they have a huge potential huge potential in terms of, uh, you know, working and grinding hard, in, in, especially in this space in the customer facing roles, and which has proven, uh, you know, in the last four or five years, companies like Keep Trucking, Airlift, uh, Sendoso, you know, Amazon is building a team here. So it's it's really a high time and it's for us people that have been there for, for a decade to contribute back to the society and uh, make an impact because in, in five or six or 10 years, I and Char will just, <laughs> will just be, uh, you know, we will just stay down a little bit because energy is not going to be, uh, you know, that much. So we're just trying to play our part as much as possible. Yeah, that's very cool. And um, really neat that the two of you can be kind of part of the movement um, to to bring the education and knowledge and awareness, uh, both of you know how to do the role, and then hopefully like exposure to uh, job opportunities and and things like that as you know the region becomes more well known and people's um, skill sets get more and more like honed and crafted. So um, that that's really cool. Thank you for sharing that with me. Uh, and thank you for playing so, your part in, in, in the journey as well. Yeah, so we absolutely. I It was so fun to, to chat with you guys. <laughs> Love that. Uh, Emily, I know we are up on time. Um, and then I think we have gone past three minutes. So again, thank you so much. It was a pleasure having you. Um, and as soon as we, we master it and then do a bit of adjustment, we'll, we'll share the recording with you so that you can review it or maybe share it uh, in your own circle. Uh, yes, absolutely. But again, loved chatting with you. Thank you for all your insights. Uh, I think it was fantastic. Yeah, thanks so much. And I look forward to staying connected. Likewise, sure. likewise, likewise. All right, have Cheers, a good one. Emily. You, <laughs> Bye. you as well. Cheers. Bye. Thank you so very much for staying with us on the episode. Please share your feedback at adil at hyperengage.io. We definitely need it. Uh, we will see you next time with another guest on the stage with some concrete tips on how to operate better as a customer success leader and how you can empower engagements with some building some meaningful relationships. 
We qualify people for the episode just to make sure we bring the value to the listeners. Do reach us out if you want to refer any CS leader. Until next time, goodbye and have a good rest of your day.